Amen. Thank you, Miss Wanda. No one has ever cared for us like Jesus, ever. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn me to Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 7 through 14. As you can see, I'm wearing glasses. I actually um, lost 20-20 vision and when I turned 40. I remember the day well because um, I was calling for some computer support from someplace in India. I don't know where. But anyway, I was calling about a problem I was having with a computer, and they were wanting me to read the serial number. So I pulled the computer out and began to look at the serial number, which I couldn't even find the word serial. And, uh, and no matter how close I was, no matter how far I was, I couldn't read those numbers. And I thought, what in the world? So fortunately, uh, years before that, my uncle Gene, had, uh, uh, who's an optometrist, he had prescribed for me some reading glasses for sp- small print, fine print when I was reading in commentaries and small notes in the Bible. So, so I broke out the spectacles and I put them on and I still could barely read uh, the serial number. I knew I had a problem. So I went to the doctor. And uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, maybe it was something simple, but no, he said it was age. And, uh, you know, don't you love it when the doctor tells you your problem is age? So anyway, I was told that I uh, was no longer going to have the vision that I used to have, and this would be a progression. And so I started with a certain type of glasses and progressed on to others. And since I've been here, uh, Dr. Harris has been taking care of me as my optometrist, but um, uh, my eyes keep changing. I keep needing new types of glasses. And, and all I can tell you is I miss 20-20 vision. Now, my grandmother was the opposite. She was in her 90s and reading the Bible through every year, three times a year, and with no glasses. She never lost her 2020 vision. I thought about this year. We're in the year 2020, so you're going to hear a lot about 2020 connected with vision uh, because uh, we, that, that's always the marker. That's the goal. You know, people, if you have better than 2020, well, that's, that's great. But 2020 is usually the standard that you want to have when it comes to vision. And I thought about as we enter into the year 2020, the Lord wants us to have 2020 when it comes to our faith. And the Lord wants us to have 2020 when it comes to our ability to know Him and see Him. And the Apostle Paul, that's what he wanted. And that's what we find in our passage of Scripture this morning. So if you have your Bibles in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, Uh, Looking through verse 14, the Apostle Paul writes these words uh, about, could have been about anything. Of course, it had to do with his life and how the Lord had changed him, but but it's also a good way of looking at a a new year. So in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul writes, But these assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. More than that, I now regard all things as liabilities compared to the far greater value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Indeed, I regard them as done, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, but because I have the righteousness that comes by way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is, in fact, based on Christ's faithfulness. My aim 
is to know Him, to experience the power of His resurrection, to share in His sufferings, and to be like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained this, that is, I've not already been perfected, but I strive to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to obtain this. Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out for the things that are ahead with this goal in mind. I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, for this beautiful passage of Scripture, and Lord, in a new year of 2020, Lord, you have brought us to this point. Indeed, Lord, this year will be a celebration of 50 years. You have blessed this church in its existence. And indeed, Lord, as we examine our own lives and look at where you have brought us to whatever age we are, whatever experiences we've had, whatever we have learned, whatever we have done, Lord, as we come to this point, Lord, may it be our prayer, may it be our heart's desire, and Lord, may it be the practice of our life this year to practice out and live out a 2020 faith, a 2020 vision of you, so that, Lord, we may know you And Lord, know all about you and what you bring into our life. And so Lord, when we come to the end of this year, we'll be able to say there has been much progression. We have learned so much more. We have experienced so much more. We have been able to do so much more for you because you have laid hold of us and because of what you have done for us. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you did on the cross. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here and present and within us today. And Lord, today may you do your great and mighty work so that if there is someone who needs to be saved, if there's someone who needs to make a public profession of faith, that there's somebody who needs to follow through and be obedient in baptism or, or whether it's church membership, whether it's just affirming your lordship in their life for this year, becoming a disciple, being a discipler, whatever it is, Lord, today, do your great work in our hearts and in our lives, and may we respond in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at this passage of Scripture, several things real quickly I want to point out about how to have 2020 faith, 2020 vision, if you will, uh, of the Lord in 2020. And the first thing the Apostle Paul tells us here is that he wants to know Christ. You know, I pondered that and thought about that. What does that mean? Because when I was seven years old, I came to an awareness I needed to be saved. And so I invited Jesus Christ to, to into my heart. I wanted him to save me from my sins. I wanted him to help me to begin to live for him. And, and, uh, and the Lord did that. But you know, all these years, I've learned a lot about Jesus. I have. I've read a lot. I've studied a lot. I've drawn a lot from the Bible. I've drawn a lot from godly teachers and preachers and commentaries and books and and even on my own life experiences, I've learned a lot. But folks, there's nothing to be compared to knowing Christ. And there's a huge difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. And so I, I, I say this morning, 
And the best way that I know how to do that for 2020, may it be our heart's desire not just to know more about him, although that's great. The Bible says we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul wasn't ready to settle for just that. He wasn't just wanting to settle for more information that he could hold into his heart and into his mind. He wanted to know Christ. And that happens with not just first becoming saved and having a relationship with Jesus, but an ongoing fellowship with him. Meeting with him, talking with him, allowing him to have his way in our life on a day-to-day basis. And that's what Paul, in order to, to, know, to, to have a better year, to have a better life, to moving forward in his life from all the things he had experienced to that point, he says, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. Knowing Jesus is to realize that everything else in life is rubbish by comparison. That's how you know Paul knew Christ. When you know Christ, then you know that everything else is rubbish. You know that everything else is absolutely to be counted as loss. Now I have, as you have, a lot of things in life that uh, I'm blessed to have. I'm blessed to have a home to be in, and I'm blessed to have clothes, and I'm blessed to have food, and I'm blessed to have a lot of extras in life, and so are you. We've been blessed to live in this nation. We've been blessed in so many different ways, and God has indeed blessed us. But folks, all of that is rubbish compared to Christ. And there are people all around the world who know this. There are people all around the world who have not only given up everything for Christ, but they even give up their lives for Jesus. And I just wonder sometimes if we're at that point to be like the Apostle Paul, well, that's our heart's desire. That's, because that's when you know you really have 20-20 vision when it comes to faith. That's how you really know you have 20-20 vision when it comes to, to God, when it comes to who Jesus is, but in knowing Him. Knowing Him. So Paul is telling us that he knows Jesus because everything else in his life has literally become as if it was totally worthless. And having Jesus is not only that everything else is worthless, but having Jesus means that you have everything. Think about that. When you have Christ, you have everything you need. You have it all. Isn't it wonderful how the Bible declares that when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. We are a child of God, but also we are joint heirs with Jesus. We have, there's so many things in the Bible that we suddenly have when we have Christ. And we have it all. And so knowing Jesus is to realize that everything else in life is rubbish by comparison. And having Jesus is to have everything, especially his righteousness. See, that's what Paul lays hold here. More than anything else in this passage of Scripture, what he hangs on to is the fact that here's a man. <clears throat> if you read the verses ahead of that, <coughs> excuse me, of this passage, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He knew the law. He kept the law. In terms of the law, he says, I was righteous. But his righteousness, as the prophet Isaiah said, was as filthy rags because he was still in his sin. But when he found Christ, when he knew Christ, he suddenly realized that the only thing that mattered in his life was the righteousness of God that had been given to him through Jesus. And that is what you and I need to lay hold of in 2020. To know that having Jesus is having everything, particularly his righteousness. And, and Paul goes on to say, and, and, and it's interesting how he phrases this, but he doesn't want to know uh, just Jesus, 
But uh, he also wants to know some things about his life that you and I probably don't want to know a lot about. Look at verse 10. My aim is to know him. That's, that's first and foremost, to know Jesus, to, to have this relationship, to have this fellowship. But he goes on to say, to experience the power of his resurrection. What kind of power are we talking about? The dunamis of God, the explosive dynamite power of God. What, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the fact that the same God who resurrected the Son having been obedient, dying on the cross, is the same God who can change our lives, give us what we need, and in the end make sure that we are saved, resurrected, and with Him. Paul says, I want to know that power. I want to know the power of God in my life that raised Jesus from the dead. I want to know what it is to have this kind of relationship with Jesus. See, a lot of people are looking for the power of God in their life, but without the fellowship and the relationship that you need with God. You don't have the power of God in your life until you have, first, the relationship you need with Jesus Christ. Secondly, the fellowship that you have. You see, God doesn't just give us power when we ask for power. There's a lot of people today saying, well, Lord, I need power for this, and I need power for that. And they think somehow God's going to just dispense power to them. No, what you have and what you need to have is an all-powerful God who is ever-present in your life, whom you have allowed to have control in your life, who then the power of God is unleashed in your life so you can do what God wants you to do and have what you need to have. And there's a huge difference. Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. And then he says something we surely have a hard time identifying with, and to share in the fellowship of his suffering. Well, we're all about escaping suffering. <laughs> we're all about escaping pain. Listen, none of us want to be in pain. None of us want to suffer, and none of us want to see anybody else suffer. We just don't want that. We don't, that's not a part of who we are, what we are. We just don't even want anything to do with it. And yet, Paul says, as he's in prison, as he's suffering for the cause of Christ, as he's been beaten, as he's been stoned, as he's been shipwrecked, and as he's been deprived of all kind of, of, of comforts, as he's been separated from people he knows and loves, as he's separated from the Christians and the churches that he has tried to help strengthen and establish, as he's sitting in some prison with rats and vermin and, and chains and darkness, and yet here he says, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. And folks, there's something quite different about knowing Jesus when you're willing to say, I know Jesus well enough that I want to know and share in the fellowship of his suffering. That is to say, we're willing to do whatever God wants us to do in our life, even if it requires us to sacrifice, and yes, even if it requires us to suffer for him. That's a huge difference of mindset in the church today because there's not a lot of people talking about that we're talking a lot about health and wealth and prosperity and be the best you you can be and and everything else and and you know i think god does want us to to be absolutely at our best in a lot of ways but folks listen to me there's times when that doesn't happen and it has zero to do with faith paul had all the faith that i think i could possibly imagine anybody could have and yet he had a thorn in the flesh God wouldn't take away three times he asked for it to be taken away and God said no my grace is sufficient for you Paul had to be willing to suffer for Christ even when God himself said I will not take away what you're asking for me to take away Paul has come to a point in his life though where everything in life does not matter as long as he has Jesus and he wants to know Jesus better 
And knowing Jesus better means that we become more like Jesus. That means the Holy Spirit is changing us to be like Him. You know, many people have lives like plants with shallow roots. You know, there are some kind of plants that survive very well in drought, and there are some that don't survive at all because the roots are shallow, just a little drought, just a little storm here or there, a few problems. The plant doesn't grow. It begins to die. But when we begin to know Christ personally, then the roots, the depths of our roots in terms of faith and and our ability to understand and know what God is doing in our life, those roots get deep enough that we can withstand just about anything that comes in our life. I've watched people go through some of the worst things that a person can go through as a Christian. And it does enter into my mind Lord, there are so many other people more deserving of what they're going through than the person who loves you and is serving you. Why, why, why? You know, those, those questions ring in my mind, as I sure they do yours. But the Lord doesn't tell us all the whys, but he tells us the who. And the who is him. And as I look at this passage of Scripture, Paul is not crying out, why am I in prison? Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through that? No, he just wants to be more like Jesus. May that be the vision we have for 2020. Because that's how you have 2020 faith. It's because 2020 faith allows you to know Jesus better. But also 2020 faith and 2020 vision in 2020 means that we are pressing on. Paul says, all these things are my past. I, I'm, I, he's not forgetting that they happen. It's not that there's a, a, an erasure of memory. But what he says is, I'm going to press on. Now, I'm going to think about 2019. I'm not going to think about 2018. I'm not going to think about the last five years. I'm not going to think about the last 10 years. I need to think about what God wants me to do today and what he wants me to do tomorrow and how I can know him better today and how I can know him better tomorrow and press on. You know, that's a hard thing for Christians today is to press on when things don't look as bright as they used to, when our, our, our health is not what it used to be and and maybe some of the experiences we've had in life are, are, are difficult for us to, to deal with, and, and we don't have all of our questions answered and, and so forth. Listen, the Lord wants us to have a joyous confidence in Him for 2020. And that won't be based on the fact that the economy's doing well or, or, or looks, the, the, the future looks bright. It's not going to be because we're healthier or our family's doing better. It's not going to be because... We have all these anticipations of great things yet to come in our life. It's going to be because of what Paul said. It's going to be because we know that Christ has taken hold of us and he's taken hold of us for a purpose. And that purpose is to know him. And that purpose is to walk with him. And to do as he wants, to follow him. And that's what gives us 2020 faith and 2020 vision even for this year. We press on because our God is the same as He was in 2019, as He was yesterday, as He is today, as He will be tomorrow. He, yet He is a God of new beginnings. He's a God of new things. I'm grateful for that. God doesn't change, but He's always doing a new work. He's always doing new things. And He wants to do new things in our life. But one of the things He wants to do is to help us to mature in Christ. Somebody has said, true faith in God will make... The up look good, the outlook bright, and the future glorious. <laughs> now, there's a lot of truth to that. 
But the Apostle Paul wasn't measuring that by his circumstances. He was measuring it by his relationship and his fellowship with Jesus. Let's move on. 2020 faith and vision means that in 2020 we're going to be able to let go of the past. Now we press on, but we're willing to let go. And when Paul says he wants to let go of the past, he wants to forget. He's not talking again about just simply never remembering. In fact, a lot of what Paul writes in letters is about what he used to do, what he did, how he came to know Jesus, what his life was like, even in this passage of Scripture here. In the passage just before the one we read, he, he recounts what his life was like. He's not forgetting in that sense. What he's forgetting is that those things that have happened, they're not going to continue to affect him today. He's going to move on. Can you say that that's it's your life? But I, if, if not, I pray it is for 2020. I hope you can say whatever's happened in my past, I can let go, I can forget, and I can press on in Christ. Because we have a lot of failings. We have a lot of opportunities we did not take advantage of. There's a lot of things in our life that if we were honest, we would say, I wish I could do it over. I wish I could have that moment over. I wish I could have this opportunity over but those are gone but we don't worry about that we don't let that weight us down we simply move on with Jesus I pray that can happen for you so that you'll have 2020 faith and 2020 vision and what God wants you to do now Henry Ward Beecher said we passed through one more year one more long stage in the journey of life and it's ascents and descents and dust and mud and rocks and thorns and burdens that wears the shoulders is done the old year is dead, roll it away, let it go. God in His province has brought us out of it. Its evil is gone, its good remains, and now we stand on the beginning of a new year by God's grace. We have been what we have been. By His grace we shall have our experience in days to come. May God help us to have the kind of vision for 2020 that allows us to see life by letting go of the past and moving on. And then lastly, having 20-20 faith, 20-20 vision means we set some biblical goals. Now, you know, the thing is about New Year's, everybody wants to make resolutions. The problem with the resolutions is ultimately they have no meaning and they don't last because almost nobody keeps those resolutions. Start out well. Two men tried to walk a straight line in the snow and... One kept his eyes on his feet, and, and when he arrived on the other side, his tracks were crooked and off track. The other one kept his eye on a tree that was in front of him. His tracks came out straight. And the difference is, because that's how you can go in life. You can look down, and you'll just simply meander, or you can look ahead and see Jesus, and fix your eyes upon him, as the writer of Hebrews says, the author and finisher of our faith, and you can walk the way God wants you to walk. But that requires biblical goals. See, when it comes to resolutions, we're like Garfield, that cartoon cat that said every year he resolved to lose weight. Every year he lost his resolve instead. It's probably true with a lot of us when it comes to a lot of things. And there are a lot of people who set goals, but they set them too high, they set them too low. Biblical goals, though, are something that not only can we achieve but it's something God will help us achieve. In fact, there's three components to a goal that should always be true. One, it's achievable. Second, it's identifiable. Third, it's measurable. Well, when it comes to biblical goals, those are things that can be true for us. 
There's one guy not too bright when asked what he aspired to be. He said a genius. <laughs> well, that's an example of an unattainable goal. If you're not too bright, being a genius is probably not going to happen. But if you're a person who loves the Lord and you're willing to, as Paul said, know Christ and, and fix your eyes upon Him and move on from the past and move forward ahead with the Lord and, and you're willing to set some biblical goals, I can assure you the Lord will help you. Paul asserts here in our passage he wants to be more like Christ. Well, that's a biblical goal. And he says, I'm not going to attain it here and now. I'm not going to attain perfection. That's yet to come. But what he is saying here is, I'm going to strive for it, because in striving for it, the Lord's going to keep changing me. He's going to keep making me what He wants to make me, so that one day I will, in fact, be perfect. I can't be perfect today. I'm not going to be perfect in 2020. Let me just go ahead and declare, Walter Blackman is not going to be perfect in 2020. And that's a certainty. Well, what my prayer is that I will set and try to attain biblical goals in my life by which the Lord will help me to achieve better than I've ever achieved before, move on with Him to the point that I can know Him even better. To see 2020, to have 2020 faith and 2020 vision in our year of 2020 is to have a biblical view of life with biblical goals. I won't hit this too hard, but the reason we don't have biblical goals in our life is because we really don't have a biblical view of life. And, and the truth of the matter is, first, we need to have a biblical view of life. What is life in the eyes of the Bible? What is life like in the eyes of God? And when we settle on that, then everything becomes different. See, it's amazing to me that in the world in which we live, we're so divided today in our society. We're so divided. And I preached on this last Sunday about how lost people can't and possibly and, and absolutely it's impossible for them to see things the way we see it, know things the way we know it, receive or, or anything what we have through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. But the point here is, these glasses, they could just as easily be glasses that are not glasses of faith. And I would see everything differently. But if I put on the, the, the glasses of the Bible and look through the Bible at everything, I see it differently. My prayer is that we as Christians here at East Highland Baptist Church, that we adopt a biblical view of life and we have biblical goals in our lives so that the Lord is able to bless us and we can, in fact, have 2020 faith. We can, in fact, have 2020 vision for 2020. And it's not something I can do. This is not something that I, as your pastor, can achieve. It's not something you can do. It's not something you can achieve. It's something God can and will do in and through us. So that's the question I have for this morning. Do you want to have 2020 vision? Do you want to have 2020 faith in 2020? I know physically I can't go back to 2020 vision, not unless I've got glasses. But I do know this. I have a God who can take my life, and no matter how bad it's been, no matter how bad it is, He can make the life he wants me to have in Him. And He'll do the same with everybody here today. But I pray that you will have the same desire the Apostle Paul had, and that is to know Christ. May this not be the year you know 
just more about it. And there's nothing wrong with knowing more about Jesus. Nothing wrong about reading the Bible and learning more and more about anything that has to do with God or His Word or anything about the kingdom. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't just settle to know about Jesus. In 2020, know Christ. In 2020, know the power of His resurrection in your life. In 2020, you know, even if the Lord requires it of us, know the fellowship of His suffering. But in all things, let us attain to the things of Christ, the righteousness and the life He wants us to have. I'm so thankful when Jesus came. He didn't just say, I came to save you from your sin. I'm so glad Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what the Lord wants in 2020, for us to have abundant life. Yes, He wants us to have eternal life, but He wants you to have abundant life on a day-to-day walk with Him so that we may know Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that today it'll be a time for us to make commitments that will, Lord, be not just for the day, not just for a week, not even just for the month, but Lord, it's a lifelong journey. But it begins even today where, Lord, we can just simply say, I've been settling for less than you want me to settle for. Lord, I spent most of my life trying to learn about you, but Lord, now in 2020, help me to know you. Help me to know everything about you by knowing you, by experiencing you in my life. To know your presence, to know the power that comes from your powerful presence. And Lord, even if necessary, to know what it is to suffer for the things that you want us to do and be willing to suffer to accomplish your will, even as you yourself did for us. But Lord, even beyond that, may all of us here today, may it be our heart's desire to, Lord, to go and leave the past behind and lay hold of this year and, Lord, begin to look for all the opportunities, all the ways we can serve you, we can please you, we can be obedient to you, and, Lord, ultimately bring glory and honor to your name. So, Lord, in this moment in time of invitation, would you speak to every heart? Lord, there may be somebody here who needs to be saved. Would you bring conviction and, and, a, and such a desire to be saved that, Lord, even today they would come forward, let us know they need to be saved? Or, Lord, even in the pew, they'd be willing to pray a prayer of faith, believing what the Bible says to be true about Jesus. And they've come to believe this in their heart. That, Lord, they would pray a prayer of confession, something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. But the best that I know how at this moment in time, I ask Jesus to help me to turn from my sin and to come into my heart and save me from my sins and to make me a new creation, a new person, and then to help me to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you rose from the grave. Thank you that you're now willing to come into my heart. Now, Lord, help me to walk with you. Lord, there may be some who've recently prayed to receive Christ, but they've not yet made that public. I pray that today they might make a public decision to say, I've trusted Christ. I want everybody to know this because I want people to know Jesus too. 
And for those, Lord, who've been saved recently, perhaps there's still a need for them to be baptized so they can do the wonderful, beautiful picture of what you've done for them. They've died to their old self. They've been raised to walk in a new life. And, and Lord, they're willing to be obedient to you and your command for them to be baptized. Some may be here, Lord, today need to come and be part of this family of faith called East Thailand. Some, Lord, here today may need to just simply reaffirm that you're the Lord of their life, and they just simply need to let you once again have control where they've walked away, and perhaps they're living more to themselves and not for you. Then, Lord, whatever decision, whatever commitment needs to be made in this place today, Lord, may it be all of our hearts desire to know you. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing the hymn of invitation. If God has spoken to you, there's a decision or commitment you need to make. We invite you to come as we sing, Brother Tommy. <laughs>